Welcome back, listeners. This is Andrew. And this is Chris, and welcome to Halfcast. That's right. Another Halfcast with me. And me. Yeah, and guess it, what? Because it's about music, so Andrew's here, too. <laughs> We're only missing really one person. That'd be Dan. That'd be Dan, yeah. But he was just here a month ago now. Yeah, something but, like that. Um, anyway, I had an idea, and I brought it up to Chris. Obviously, that's why we're doing this half-cast. Music has always been the basis for bringing back emotion. That's, at least in my mind, why people create it. Because it, it's a way to outlet their emotions or outlet their memories and to, I don't want to say instill, but uh, put forth their thoughts and their emotion to the listener, obviously. Yes, I agree. And, and, and most people, you know, always go for the sappy love songs and, you know, oh, heartbreak and blah, 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 blah. But I mean, other emotions. Like, for instance, if you go through my iTunes after you sift through all the metal and get to the other stuff, um, I have songs from video games. I have video game soundtrack tunes on there from Castlevania, Final Fantasy, things like that. And take Final Fantasy, for example. I have the song One Winged Angel. It's mm. the last song. It's a great song. It's an, uh, a full orchestra. Um, it's the last boss of that game. It's the last boss of Final Fantasy VII. And you hear it, obviously, in the background and whatever else. Not only is it a great song, it's a great orchestral piece, and you know it's got a, a, it has a chorus in it also. Yes. But it brings back the memory of me. I don't know. When did Final Fantasy VII come out? I was in elementary school, like maybe 7th, 8th grade, I think. That's so when it, it like, came teleports you back to that yeah. time. Yeah. Not only that time of like me eating in school, but me playing that game, beating that boss, having the trial and tribulation of beating this force at the end of the game. Because I mean, it's a Final Fantasy VII game, so it is a bit challenging to beat some of the characters. So it, that's the emotion that I hear back. Like certain parts of the song correspond with certain actions the boss would actually do. Like I hear like the snapping sound would would be when he does a certain attack. Like it was almost as a game, so it's programmed. Right. But still, it's like holy shit! I remember. Oh man, he when he did that attack, and oh shit! I remember he almost fucking destroyed me when he did that. It brings apart that memory, not so much the being a kid. So that's just one song out of that's one example. How yeah. about real world stuff? What what songs immediately evoke some kind of memory or emotion or? Whatever. Okay, well, take your example. Um, today at work, my uh, coworker listens to, uses Pandora on his iPod when we uh, when we work when he's in in shop, and I was in shop with him, and he had on the, uh, I, I think he had like I guess we just call it the emo channel, because um, it was all those early two thousand like the Ataris, uh, Yellow Car. Oh yeah, it's the, the emo the... channel, <laughs> formerly the Ryan Tagger channel, <laughs> and which is funny because that's the kind of a segue. Like and it was all those bands and I remember listening to all the music with Ryan, you know when I when I grew kind of grew up with him when I met him in high school that was all his music it was all about Blink One Eight Two and Yellow Card and, and the Ataris and bands like that so whenever I was over his house that's what we were listening to I mean granted I was in a fucking Slipknot and Godsmack back then but <laughs> but like you know just it just reminds me like hanging out at like we'd go to the boardwalk and shit just hanging out with Ryan. And I, that's right. all I heard, and I'm like, oh shit, I remember fucking listening to that and jamming out and arguing with Ryan over which was better, this music or metal, or blah, blah, blah. Of course. You know? I'd expect nothing less from <laughs> either one of you, with as hard-headed as both of you are. Oh yes, two rams butting heads. That's, Pretty much. Yeah. So what what, what come, uh, examples can you think of? I have a few off the top of my head. There are a couple of songs from, obviously, my childhood. I know I've said in the show before that uh, Born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen is my first cassette. So anytime I hear that album, it immediately brings me back to being four years old. And 
that era, that kind of mid-80s era, I mean, granted, I was a kid, so it's not like I had a full grasp of what the world was like at the time. No, but it just, just reminds me of being a kid at the time and just thinking, wow, that, and that was the first time it also occurred to me, like, I want to sing and play guitar one day. So Bruce Springsteen made you want to sing and play guitar. Yeah, when I was four years old, that was the first thing I ever said I want to do with my life. So there, okay, there we there go. go. And similarly with a lot of songs on 80s radio, there are certain songs I'll hear. Like if I hear everything I do, I'll, I do it for you or everything I do. Whatever it's called. The Brian Adams song from <laughs> Robin Hood. <laughs> you all know what I'm talking about. Um, that brings me back to fourth grade. <laughs> really? Like, as soon as I hear Because you couldn't escape that song. No, you couldn't. It no. was everywhere. It was like the song from Titanic with Celine Dion. With, yeah, my, my heart, heart would go, go on. on. You yeah. couldn't fucking escape that song. Yeah. And the parodies. The, the 90s were the most egregious for soundtrack songs because he had oh, God. those two and I don't want to miss a thing. Oh, yes. From Armageddon. And there's one more. I will always love you. From the bodyguard. Yes, Whitney. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, though, yeah, the 90s were so egregious for soundtrack songs for me. More than, let's say, Danger Zone was or Footloose or something like that. <laughs> Any of the Kenny Loggins songs from the 80s, that those soundtrack songs immediately. Uh. But anyway, a lot of stuff from 80s radio will bring me back to just being a kid and sitting there with my little blue Sony boombox with their cassette recorder. Yes. <laughs> yeah, waiting to hit the, the record button for when some song came on the radio. That's and it. that's why, like, I have so much affection, or that's where my affection started, I should say, for Def Leppard in particular, because the Asteria album came out in September of 87. I came out in October of 81. So <laughs> that album's turning 25 this year. I'm turning 31. It's literally been around for almost my whole life. So it's something that I just always hear. I mean, I didn't really hear any other Def Leppard stuff till a couple years later on. I never really heard songs on the radio from them until well they didn't have any albums again until 92 but still it's certain songs like that that just immediately bring up a memory or i got another one when i listened to there was a greatest hits album that was put out by uh guitarist paul gilbert god he yeah is, he pretty is much god his, when it comes him and to his guitar monkey playing, fucking hands <laughs> giant hands he doesn't shake your hand he hands. shakes your fucking forearm he shakes your whole arm yeah and, I, and i've met him a couple of times and he does he's ridiculously ludicrously sized hands but there was a greatest hits album that came out because he's, he's literally big in japan not just because he's like six foot eight but <laughs> he's he's a household name in japan seriously a household name he put out um a greatest hits album from all his solo albums and with a couple of new tracks so anytime i pull out the cd paul the young dude is the name of it and listen paul to the first the song dude yeah <laughs> the first song is a song called i'm not afraid of the police and i listen to it and that immediately brings me back to that period in Mid-2003, after I first saw him perform live in Yellow Matter Custard, uh, Mike Portner from Dream Theater's uh, Beatles, Beatles tribute. tribute. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when I got heavily into Paul Gilbert and eventually decided to go to Musicians Institute, which was a part of my life that was obviously very significant. Just when I listen to that song, it instantly brings me back to, geez, at this point, nine years ago. I think that show was in April or May of 2003. It, it just brings me right back to that, thinking, oh, wow, what a time. That, and I was obviously 21. Oh, so yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> that obviously, yeah, everybody remembers show? back to that. That was at B.B. King's uh, in, in New City. York. Oh, in New York. Okay. Yeah, in, on 42nd Street. Okay. Are there songs you maybe avoid as a result of bad memories or songs you no longer listen oh, to? Oh, God, yes. There's uh, plenty of those. But most of those go back to the sappy ex-girlfriends. Oh, me too. Well, let's yeah. let's hear it. You're going to hate me. Uh, Angel. Bye. Shaggy. Oh, really? Yeah, that ex-girlfriend. I thought you were going to say the, the Hinder song. No. <laughs> like, God, no. Uh, Lips of an Angel. 
Okay, that's the name of it. Whatever. <laughs> no, no, Angel by Shaggy. That I can't. Nope. Ex girlfriend. Really? Don't want to hear it anymore. Oh, and it's okay. sad too because horrible, really, horrible breakup. Blah blah blah. I didn't talk to her. You know, talked to her a few years later. And one of the first things she said to me when we started talking again was like, "I heard Shaggy on the radio and thought he go like, fuck. <laughs> I don't want to fucking hear that. That's weird. <laughs> that, and I'm not saying like it's weird for her. I'm just saying that's so weird how stuff like that will just come up. I, like yeah. I remember working in. You say that song, I think that, and um, what was the other song he had out that summer? Oh, my God, I can't remember. Oh, um, the one where Don't Get Caught or some shit. What was that? Um, wasn't me. Wasn't me, Yeah, yes. that was it. Yes. Summer of, of 2000. I was I just graduated high school, and I was I used to work um, shipment for the old Navy store I worked in at the time, and I remember being in the back room playing the radio or whatever. I used to bring cassettes with me, but sometimes I'd be tuned into the radio. Those two songs off the top of my head, that's what that brings me back to now that you're mentioning it. Brings me right back to being 18 and working in, in Old Navy. The, the back room. It's actually called the garbage room, but that's where I process the shipment. So <laughs> well. That, it wasn't like wall-to-wall garbage, but that's where we uh, that's was where our receiving dock was. So nice. Oh, man, you bringing that up brings me back to that. But like, what else? You, you must have other ones from other songs I don't want. Or, songs I don't want to hear? Well, songs that have been sullied for you as a result of bad people. <laughs> songs that have been sullied for me. I don't know. That... that I would probably I have, uh, require me to think a little bit more. All right, well, I have a few. I'll roll with this, and if anything comes up, please okay. just say so. But, for instance, I love the Wild Hearts to death, one of my favorite bands. There are two no Wild Hearts songs I haven't listened to in the last couple of years because I associate them with a previous relationship because I heard those songs a ludicrous amount of times. During that relationship. During the relationship, so now I just... Which ones? I, I avoid them. I'm not going to say which ones. <laughs> what, because Ginger might be listening? No, 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 no. It's just, I don't, I don't even want to talk about them. Not that it's okay. so traumatic. Yeah, and s- I'm so scarred. I can't even mention their names anymore. God. <laughs> um, and uh, one Journey song as well that I no longer listen to because it also reminds me of a relationship. Really? The time. Yeah. Because of that emotional attachment, attachment you have yeah. to the songs where it just brings you right back to that. Maybe it's a self-preservation thing, but I just, I don't want to go back to any emotions that are a negative. tied into that song. Yeah, yeah, a negative emotion. So I just avoid them. That's why I'm not even going to be like, well, obviously it was this song and this song. Actually, there is one song. Um, it was by Yellow Card. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> well, I can't... Um, this is shit, a very I, revealing episode. I can't even remember what the name of the fucking song was. It was their slow song. Or no, no, it was Hoobastank. That's one slow song they had. I can't remember what the... That doesn't score you any points either. I know it doesn't. It's not like I redeemed myself by you mentioning either one of those two bands. Oh, if we're going to speak about bad songs, though, I remember driving to guitar lessons in 98, I think, and, and? Um, or maybe 99, and that's when all the singles from the first Creed album were all over the radio. Oh, God. Because here's a, here's a band that plays guitars that isn't Corn or Limp Bizkit, so... Yeah. They they actually got played on the radio on, on certain rock stations. So anytime I hear any of those songs, I think about driving my parents' minivan to guitar lessons back you're, in the you're, day. You make make you laugh with this one, Crisscross. Remember Crisscross? Oh, who can forget Crisscross? <laughs> Obviously, their song Jump. <laughs> Whether or not you want to remember that, <laughs> who can forget them? I remember jumping on my bed to that. No, I am wrong. <laughs> it was fucking House of Pain. It was fucking House of Pain. Jump. And I, remember, I was, I was like, I was a kid. I was like eight, seven, eight. I'm laughing because I'm trying to picture this. Oh, me jumping on my bed. Yes. <laughs> Chris is in a call, is on laugh coma right now, folks. He may not come back because he he can picture me. If I told him I was in my underwear, he may even die. 
<laughs> but I remember jumping on my bed and my mom coming in and yelling at me because I was jumping on my bed to this song. If you got the feeling, jump and touch the ceiling and you're trying to get like more <laughs> yes. and more air every exactly. time you hit the mattress. <laughs> I think it came in on the line like uh, uh, like the Terminator, oh my and my God. mom came in like, "I'll be your Terminator if you don't stop jumping." Oh, I'll bet too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, holy shit, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to picture you jumping on the bed with. I tried, uh, with, but going back, to and Chris, I'm picturing you now doing it too. <laughs> I don't jump on the bed. Funnier. There's other things that go on the bed that bounce, but no. Um, <laughs> Gross. The whole uh, the, going back to crisscross. Uh, yeah, I was one of those stupid kids that. I put my pants on backwards and I looked at myself and go, what the fuck is this? Yeah, who does this? This is uncomfortable. <laughs> it is uncomfortable. It's like, what if I have to go to the bathroom? God. This yeah, is that's dumb. inconvenient. Or you have that Mel Brooks moment in Spaceballs. Why didn't somebody tell me my ass was so big? <laughs> Why don't my pants fit when I wear them backwards? <laughs> exactly. Oh, I have another one, actually. Speaking of, uh, let's say, guitar lessons or uh, 1998, 1999, the first time I listened to Iron Maiden, Period. I'm not aware of having heard any Iron Maiden songs at Ever. all. Even the songs everybody knows, like Number of the Beast or Run to the yeah. Hills or, or songs like that. Long story short, our junior year, even though we were two years apart, our junior year English teacher from high school, uh, Bryce. Mrs. Bryce, who we've yes. talked about many times on the show. We have. Uh, because that year, for us in high school, was British literature. And one of the, oh, Rhyme of the Ancient epics Mariner? we met. Yeah, one of the epics we went over, and that was Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. And she had mentioned Iron Maiden had done a song. Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, based on this this piece. And I had a friend at the time named Joe who was really an Iron Maiden and is the only kid, I think, at the time in Lakewood who High School who wore was. Iron Maiden shirts. Oh, okay. So I was like, Iron Maiden, like, what do you, like, do you know about, oh, it's great, it's an epic, oh, from the Power Slave album, oh, it's so good. And at the My time, that's album. when I was just so fucking hungry for new music. So I was like, well, what Iron Maiden album should I pick up <laughs> to start with? <laughs> well, no, he said, uh, fair play to him because he was absolutely right. He said Live After Death, which is still the album I recommend to anybody who's asking about Live Iron Maiden. Live After Death. Because it takes the best songs from those first five albums. So I, the first time I got the CD, because they play Rhyme of the Ancient Mar- Mariner in its entirety, and... That's the first song I listened to. Normally, I'll listen to an album in sequence, but at the time, I guess maybe yeah, I just wanted to hear right this song. Especially with how influential Miss Bryce was. Of course, you'd want to hear something like that first. Oh, absolutely. So uh, one weekend, I bought it. I remember bought it at Circuit City, too. Ah. I remember that. Because uh, all the Iron Maiden CDs had just gotten reissued, so they had them all. I mean, that, also, stores carried CDs once upon a time, circa <laughs> 1998. But I remember uh, I was taking my dog for a walk. I just loaded it into my Discman. Yes. <laughs> Those days. And forwarded to... I think it's track seven, and just hearing Bruce Dickinson introduce the song, the moral of this story is this is what not to do if your bird shits on you, and I just remember hearing that, and then the song kicking off, and not realizing it was like a 13-hour song. No, it really it's like 13 minutes, I think. But It's the full poem. Well, at least lyrically It is, but with, with instrumental breaks and so forth in between, and to, to build intensity and, uh-huh. and, and mood, let's say. Yes. But that was the first thing I ever heard from Iron Maiden, so anytime I hear... That version specifically, I immediately think of being on the side of my parents' house in Lakewood taking my dog for a walk, which isn't a euphemism. I was taking the beagle for a, <laughs> a, a bathroom run. How about that? But it's a, for, Taking the beagle yes. for a bathroom <laughs> run. That'll still be misconstrued. <laughs> masturbating to Iron Maiden the yeah. first time I heard Well, like, you're still masturbating to Iron my, Maiden. Oh, I'm going to take my dog for a walk. Oh. <laughs> there are songs like that that just instantly bring me back to that moment like a... Kind of like in the song Jukebox Hero, actually. 
Standing like in the rain? A, yeah, well, no, like a trip through the past to that day in the rain, like the oh, second oh, yes. verse of that. Yeah, the second verse, like you saw his own shadow at the backstage door kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly, where there are those moments where it instantly just teleports you back to that, and you can see and hear and smell everything. Just Yeah, I mean, smell, that's a good fucking notice. It's true. Certain, you know, you'll hear certain songs on the rain and be like, summer, 98, I was in a field, you know, like shit like that. You <laughs> no, know? you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> No, I was you were playing field. video games. Yeah. I was in a virtual field. You were in front of, you, in front of the TV. <laughs> Eating macaroni and cheese. Yes. <laughs> and not croutons yet. That's later <laughs> in life. <laughs> yeah, there's just there's so many memories I have just when I listen to songs. And like I said, whether it's songs I avoid or songs I think about good things too. Like hanging out with Dan an infinite number of times after school, senior year of high school, if I hear the Huntingtons or the Riverdale's first album or... Jeez, all sorts of stuff. And oh, please, stuff I can't, we used to go shopping for all I the time. I can't forget Crazy Train now because I hear no, Crazy Train. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I hear Crazy Train, and all I th- all I see in front of me is a, a tabletture slam- book slamming, slamming in down front of me. An issue of Guitar World in front of you. <laughs> play it. Yeah. Fuck Marilyn Manson. Yeah. You want to learn? You want to learn how to play Beautiful People? Here, learn how to play Crazy Train. Right. Same fucking song. <laughs> Just slow down. That's all it is. Oh, that's another. Uh, that's another good one. Um. When I first picked up a guitar, one of the first songs that, uh, well, all of my friends, because that was like the thing to do back in seventh and eighth grade. All of us, the like the little group I had, like ten of us, we all wanted to play guitar. That was the thing to do. Was play oh, everybody guitar. does at that age, I think. Um, the first song that we all wanted to learn how to play, Enter Sandman. Okay, makes that total was, sense. That was the the big rock song we wanted to play, and then System of Down came out, because obviously this is like ninety eight, ninety nine, right? Um. Reload just came out, so obviously Enter Sandman has been out for years. That was the rock song to learn, kind of like Smoke on the Water was like the first song to learn when you first, you know. Yeah, it was, the, it was the unmistakable riff. Yes. Or like Sweet Child of Mine. Yeah. It's one of those kind of songs where like everybody knows it instantly. And the first System of a Down album came out, and Sugar was the single off that album. I, I Sorry, I, I have to, I like System. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. I only like the one album. But, but that was the first song I learned on guitar. Really? Was Sugar. Hmm. You know, it's probably a really sloppy version. It's probably not true to the actual song. But if I hear that song, it's like muscle memory with my fingers. It just goes, and I remember sitting in my room playing, trying to get down all the notes. That was my first song I learned on guitar. See, mine was, or at least any fragment, let's say, that I learned was You Shook Me All Night Long by ACDC. So that intro, really, which is all I learned how to play, was just literally that the, only the first pass at it because he plays the same thing twice mm-hmm. even though he plays it the same way but just i didn't know how to end anything at the time i just literally like my fingers go here okay they're on these strings and yeah exactly slide up mecha- to this it was mechanical it wasn't there was no fluid right there was motion no, between yeah it was it was literally just like uh, watching every single movement to make sure everything oh yeah played properly i noticed that too like i mean i'm not the greatest bass player ever i, I don't claim to be anything really but like i've noticed that I've become more comfortable holding the instrument. It's not like I'm, I'm not watching my fingers anymore. I'm looking forward and like even... You don't think it, about it, yeah. It, even much. if I don't know the song, I keep time just doing eighth notes. But like still, but it goes back to system and that's my first song. If I hear Sugar, my fi- even on my desk, I'm you know pushing my fingers down <laughs> as tapping if I'm your hitting fingers. the fucking... Yeah, as if you're hitting the, the notes. Yep. Yeah, I gotcha. A one that was that could be a negative but turned into a positive actually. If uh, I go back to summer of 2004, which I never had anything against them, but I just really wasn't that big into Oasis at the time from 94 to 2004. Uh-huh. I like Supersonic. I like Live Forever. I like Rock and Roll Star. 
Wonderwall. That was it. Yeah. I don't think I'd ever heard Don't Look Back in Anger. And I didn't like Champagne Supernova because at the time, when I was 14, I was like, that song's too long. But <laughs> that was before I got it into, did, it really I got into progressive sometimes. rock. Yeah, it's like, it was like eight minutes. And I, I remember seeing the video on like MTV or VH1 yeah. and just being bored out of my mind. Whatever, your tastes change and evolve. Oh, of course. But there was a girl I was dating in summer of 2004 who had uh, What's the Story Morning Glory and would only ever play Wonderwall, Don't Look Back in Anger, which was the next track, and, and then um, Champagne, Champagne Supernova, which is the last song on the, on yeah, the CD. Yeah. And one time I was like, why don't we just let the CD play? Or maybe she, either I said that or she just didn't skip ahead. And just let it Don't go. Look Back in Andrew, Anger to Champagne Supernova. And uh, it got to Some Might Say, which was a single that was actually released before Morning Glory was, uh, as an album. And uh, I was just like, wow, this is a great song. And then just kind of listened to the rest of the album. I was like, this, this is, is a, a really album. good album. I need to listen. Because my sister had the first two Oasis CDs. She got them at the time when they were brand new. Just because that was, like I said, I think that was the last period of time when you listen to new stuff on the radio. Yes. Was pretty much during the 90s when yes. you tune in and hear songs. Susan's, Maybe the early part of the 2000s. the late 90s, 2000s. It Since was, the internet was, became commonplace the, the, in everyone's yeah. house, nobody Piracy listened to the radio. Rampant. But nobody listened to the radio on the radio. Like, now you no. can stream every radio station on the computer yeah. or listen to Pandora when you're on the computer. Mm-hmm. So like, she had the CDs anyway. So I remember borrowing the, fir- the first two Oasis CDs, and that's when I really got seriously hooked on Oasis was summer 2004 just by chance, let's say. Yeah. I-, I wasn't looking for it, but it just happened to stumble upon that song I mean, just by letting the CD play and because of someone I was dating at the time. So there. And have a lifelong love of Oasis. That didn't, that relationship didn't last very long, but otherwise, so, I it's developed well, the, a very the, long the, the Oasis with the Gallagher yeah. brothers. Let's <laughs> go say. Um, I mean, going back to that time period um, when I went back to like playing guitar and stuff like that. Uh, Sabotage by Black Sabbath. Yes, I can distinctly remember exactly how that played out in my mind. I, I know I mentioned it in Metalcast and like how I got yes. into metal and stuff like that. I can distinctly remember exactly. Putting the earphones on, looking at the CD in the in the Walkman, and going, "Oh, this is the Beastie Boys sabotage." And my friend going, "No, this is Black Sabbath," <laughs> because I, all I saw was sabotage. Right, that was, easy that, mistake to make. And I put it on. And I listened to. It, I'm like, "Wow, this is pretty good." And then I heard the Black album. And I'm like, "I'm never going back." Yeah, that was th- it. Th- that was it. That was know? what turned you. It, it, it was the Black album. <laughs> it was. Well, damn solid album. As much of course. as it's commercially successful, it was a damn solid album. I, I agree. I'm I with like you. It. I'm with you on that. Well, we'd certainly love for this conversation to carry on, so feel free to comment on this post on our website. Shit. Comment on the Facebook page. Let us know what songs you either <laughs> it's a- have an affection for or completely avoid <laughs> because yes, of, of memories you have, because we really, really would love to hear Yeah, because this discussion between us could probably go on for days. Could, guess yeah, what? It's literally. about music again. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> that's just us. But for now, that's enough out of us. Until you hear us again. This is Chris. And this is Andrew. And thank you again for listening to Halfcast.